Yeah, okay. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hurdy Gurdy Cafe, an hour of interviews, music, and camaraderie. I'm Ryan, and I'll be your host along this crazy adventure through the land of the wheel fiddle. So strap in, and let's see what's cranking in the hurdy-gurdy community today. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to the Hurdy-Gurdy podcast. This is episode number three, and today we've got Sergio Gonzalez. Hello. It's Sergio, and Scott Marshall joining us. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to be kicking off the episode uh, with a track from Scott Marshall's CD, um, and the track is called Woodhenge, and the CD is Gertie Mania. So let's have a listen.
Okay, so we're back uh, from listening to Woodhinge, uh, actually from Scott Marshall's Gertie Mania 2. And uh, today we're going to be talking with Scott about some interesting things. We're going to be discussing some differences in hurdy-gurdies, and we're also going to be talking about Gertie Mania. So welcome, Scott. It's great to have you. Hello. Great. Um, so today you're going to speak with us about what? What's on your mind? Oh, God, I don't know. <laughs> well, I guess, you know, we were just talking about uh, um, just lots of different hurdy-gurdies and stuff like that. And, um, and the, the records that I made using sort of, you know, multi, multi-tracking different hurdy-gurdies and using effects pedals, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I suppose kind of being a, a train spotter of hurdy-gurdies, gurdy spotter. So, yeah. yeah, and so uh, Sergio, you'd mentioned uh, the idea of kind of going through the evolution of hurdy gurdies in a way. Yes, of course. Uh, I, I like so much having Scott here because uh, he has tried like lots, 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 lots of the different uh, hurdy gurdies. So he has a, a big picture of the of the whole thing. So yes, I think it's interesting uh, to talk about the evolution of the of the gurdies right during the the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where would you like to start us on this adventure, Scott? Um, well, uh, I thought I've got a couple of hurdy-gurdies here. Um, and, and like with the track that you just played, it was like a composite of different hurdy-gurdies. So the, the main rhythm parts were using a fairly modern hurdy-gurdy as the, uh, for the trumpet and for the sort of, you know, kind of what the rhythm guitar would do. And then... Um, I used a traditional hurdy-gurdy to come in and do the melody because it's got a higher voice and sort of sweeter sound. So I think one of, one of my feelings about hurdy-gurdies is that there's no one hurdy-gurdy that does everything. And it's, it's like, you know, if, if, you, if you start mixing them up, you really do get like an orchestra of sounds. And it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just thought, well, um, I've got a couple of gurdies here. Um, uh, one which was made by... Sam Palmer in the in the late 1970s is a beautiful instrument, uh, a loop back, uh, and and that's uh, that's a sort of traditional hurdy gurdy, six strings, uh, no mod cons. It's all like proper job traditional, like they were making them in the 1700s or 1800s, uh, and, and I, I just thought I I could just show you that, and also I could do you know I can do a little bit of recording later. And, you yeah. Yes, of course. Maybe, uh, maybe can you show it to the to the podcast because they are also. Yeah, no. In, in That's YouTube. what I'm going to do now. Okay. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's a secret. I'll just. Tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so here it is. So uh, it has a face, um, and um, nice carving. But does it have a name? I I I haven't named it. Uh, it it says. On the label, it says Fanchon. Um, so uh, I don't know, sort of, I don't know if that's its nickname or if it's, uh, if it's the maker who it was taken from. I'll, I'll have to ask Sam. Sam yeah. Sam's a legend, by the way. He's awesome. He, he was the original hurdy-gurdy player with uh, Cliff Stapleton uh, in Blowsabella for the first album. So you should really check that out. Um, go, go and listen to his stuff. So I just thought I could, you know, I know this is really like train spotter stuff, but I, I could talk through the the sort of, you know, what hurdy gurdies were originally like, um, uh, and uh, and some of the, you know, 
but basically some of the tried and tested features from, from those days. So if, if we start at the top, um, they, a lot of them had a carved head, like a, a figurehead. Um, and then the, the tuning pegs were basically just the same as, as a violin. They're friction pegs. Um, and you, you, uh, it's really handy to have a tool, which is a, a, little, a wooden thing called a tournier gauche, turn to the left, uh, which fits on the tuning peg. And that really helps you tune it more precisely than otherwise you've got to have strong fingers. I've got strong fingers, but you know. Right. So uh, um, that's uh, one thing. And, and uh, the, the instrument itself, if I sit back a bit, uh, it's, uh, it's called a loop back. Um, and uh, you can see it's a bit like a, a loot guitar. Um, and um, so it's got that kind of shape. Um, and uh, inside, uh, the, the tangents are just plain wooden tangents. That's the traditional, traditional way of making them. So um, no screws, they're just in there. No screws, it's all friction fit. I, I actually, personally, I, I love this setup because it means you can just tweak it. Um, it you know, it worked for, it worked for centuries. Uh, I, I know that, uh, that the makers sort of in the 80s and 90s changed it to the screw and then later it became the metal tangent, which I'll show you on the next instrument. Mm -hmm. um, and um, on this, uh, the, the wheel, is a, it's a solid piece of wood. Mm -hmm. just plain maple uh but again personally i i think it, it it affects the sound i think you know the solid wood wheels even though people are like Ooh, solid wood uh it's it's really good on the tonality it, it, it's cool uh on this one it's uh it's got a mahogany soundboard so it's a bit warmer it's, right, it's yeah. a nice sound um and uh just a sort of standard peg for the um the tier on there uh it's got a single dog, so just, just one buzzing string, uh, a moosh, which is like a tenor drone, two chanterelles, which are both tuned to the same G, uh, and then it's got uh, drones in uh, G and C. So there are no, no capos on the traditional instruments? No capos at all, no. no. If you want to go from a C trumpet to a D trumpet, you get the little wooden thing out and, and, and tune it up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But for, for me, I, I just actually, I just stick a little wedge of wood in there, put it to D, and then you've got the D trumpet against the G drone, which is a really cool sound. Mm -hmm. So, so I, you know, I'll, I'll do you a little piece of, a really short snip of, of what that sounds like. Um, and, and you could compare that to, you know, the more modern instrument. Um, I don't know. It's, it's an awesome girdy. But so I guess, you know, what, what we were saying about the evolution of the girdy was that this basically did people for a long time. 
you know, really up until, you know, we were saying the changes have more come in and maybe as far as I can see in maybe the last 15, 20 years that the, the more modern additions have, have, have happened to, to instruments. Um, yeah. Yeah. Does that the, sound okay? <laughs> the sympathetic strings, uh, are they usually in tune or not? Um, I think probably at the moment they're unsympathetic strings because they, <laughs> they, they won't be tuned. Um, I, 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 I'm a bit of a scruff, you know, I, I, I just uh, tend to play it as it comes kind of thing. I'll, I'll stick it in the nearest thing. And, and that's one thing I have. Uh, I, I need to replace a couple of the strings for the sympathetics. It needs a couple more. Um, but uh, they, they will probably be tuned to G and C. You know, uh, and uh, they they do really lift the sound. You know, when you have them in, it's it's a lovely, mm. it's a lovely addition. Um, but mm. uh, so so that's the kind of you know trad French style loop back. Uh, okay. That, that if someone's interested in traditional music, this is kind of or traditional French music, I suppose. This is what they would lean towards. Um, yeah, I think so. Um, and, and maybe even like the Baroque stuff. You know, this, this is. I guess this would be like a Baroque style loop back. Um, um, but, but yeah, they're definitely, uh, if, if you look at obviously a good proponent of this uh, is Nigel Eaton. Would you welcome Nigel Eaton and his hurdy gurdy? You know, with, with his, of course. Uh, hmm. With his dad's gurdies and uh, with his, you know, uh, uh, um, restored. Uh, original antique instruments that's sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah good good player to look at um, uh, is there a big is there a big difference between I'm sorry go ahead Sergio just, I was just going to ask uh, Scott how would you describe the traditional uh, sound is there uh, any adjectives any words to describe that that kind of sound more nasal, I think a bit more I think yeah I think from my perspective I would say it's almost uh, the trumpet is is quite sharp you know it's quite it's, it's uh, very precise sounding it's not fuzzy mm -hmm. um uh, and it, it can be if you listen to some of the old vinyl from the 70s and stuff the trumpet it's quite prominent in the sound um or or it, it's it's uh, used as a uh, almost a processional instrument that, that you would have you know maybe 12 people playing them and it all you know all the sort of tuning inconsistencies just start to sing you know it's it's like it's a beautiful sound when when you have a lot going together um but i would say that you know to to really paraphrase it's a, it's a higher sound you know it's it's a it's it's a i don't know what you call it is it is it g3 or g g4 it, it depends on how you count it but uh, i guess it's g3 <laughs> for me okay. at least yeah yeah but but so you know the, the the modern thing would be the viola string which that would be g2 would it well uh, oh okay then then it's probably g4 what do you mean yes yeah that's what i meant so sorry for confusion there but mm -hmm. but yeah I, i'd say you know if, if you just wanted to put it in a sentence i'd say it's 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 kind of a higher pitch sound um and uh with with a just more distinct trumpet you know i, I mean obviously there's 
And then if we go, yeah. And then if we go to the to the more modern concept, it's more yeah. like more like violinistic, right? More like uh, more like dynamic, more more deep, uh, low frequencies, and 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 so on. Yeah, I think it, it's there's more a sort of emulation of the cello sound. You know, that, mm -hmm. that's uh, to you know to to do the other side of it of just saying, oh, what would you say? You know, there's the more modern sound. But again, I think that you know. But, very recently it's again moving on from there but say for the last sort of 10 years it's been more this kind of uh, viola cello type sounds um yeah how do you feel about that scott how do i feel i i, I don't know i just you know I, I think it's i just love every kind of hurdy-gurdy i don't care <laughs> <laughs> so so you know the, um and and to me no two hurdy-gurdy sound the same it, you know, I mean, when, when I was being uh, taught in my early days, I had basically the same hurdy-gurdy as my teacher, but they both sounded different. They were both made by the same maker, both the same tuning, same strings. And I was like, well, your sound's a bit different to mine, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's in the instrument, but also, of course, it's in the fingers too, you know, and, and the style. And, uh, but, but, yeah, I, I mean, um, it, it's, it's, very very infrequent that i come across a hurdy-gurdy that i just go oh god that's horrible but but you know i, <laughs> I, I i'm so down the rabbit hole that, that it, it, you know I, it's uh yeah i i just think there's in, in an essence more the merrier more more different sounds more you know um uh, and uh, and i and i think you know the the kind of bottom line on it is is it's it's a it's a melody it's a single line melody against a drone you know, mm -hmm. uh, that's the, the the very basic. I mean, obviously, you can take the drone off and just have a single line and be like a recorder or something. But mm -hmm. but that, that's the magic of hurdy gurdy. And then when you bring the buzz in as well, it's like oh, you know. I know some people hate the buzz, but you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got I've got a quick question about the whole tradition of it all because I'm I'm relatively new to this whole thing. Um, I know that in the Irish music and Irish community, sometimes there can be uh, a bit of a pushback to uh, certain innovations uh, in the music and I'm curious in the hurdy-gurdy community does that exist or is it is, is it as open as I've experienced it to be so far does that question make sense no it just it makes a lot of sense uh, and I, I think you know, I, I've been I've been interested in hurdy-gurdies for about 20 years so I'm quite new uh, in, in that sense uh, and, um, but uh, when I started playing about 15 years ago um, the sort of the way into it was through the traditional scene so I in my local pub uh, there was a, a, a Irish session on Tuesdays and then there was a Euro session on Thursday and I made the mistake of going to the Irish session and they said God, you want Thursdays mate you know <laughs> none, of, none of that here thank you yeah <laughs> uh, but, but uh, and they, they were lovely and they basically taught me the repertoire uh, I met my first teacher through the session so I was very lucky to have that introduction um, uh, and uh, it, it, it was much more as far as I could see through my little world uh, a tradition of uh, a borrowed tradition if anything from from the existing tradition of French music because mm -hmm. obviously I'm in England um, and we don't have a we, we have a broken tradition of hurdy-gurdy playing here I you know it may be the last players were in Victorian times. And, and then there was a, a resurgence of it in the 1970s, you know, uh, with, with, uh, 
with makers like Sam and like uh, Chris Eaton. You know. mm-hmm. um, so, so, but I, I would say that um, I don't. You, you know, you you're always going to have purists in any field, uh, and uh, uh, with the hurdy gurdy kind of encompasses. Uh, traditional music from different countries, but also this kind of medieval repertoire. Um, there's people who are quite scholarly about it. But then I'd say there's the bulk of people who are just actually trying to play the thing and just, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> trying to figure it out and find their own way as well. I, I think that, you know, one thing to look at is, is I mean, you, you're going to play, you know, tracks from three different players today. Each of those players have a very different style. I mean, Steve is... And, and the same with Johannes, you know, that they, they, they're, it almost feels that uh, there's almost as many types of playing as there are players sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. I would say on that pushback, it's, it's not, I, I think pe- people are pretty open, pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty uh, open-minded to, um, you know, uh, we, we, I mean, we were talking about some of the avant-garde players like from Japan um, or, you know, people who are just using the, the instrument as, as a noise generator. And, and mm. that's, I mean, there's some really cool stuff with that. And, and it is, it's a, if you, you know, if you were in a spaceship with one and you didn't have any contact with, with uh, t- tradition of it, um, you would just see it as a, um, as a machine that made these amazing sounds, you know, because it's not just the, um, things that it's meant to do it's all the things that it's not meant to do too which is like oh that's a funny noise but you can incorporate it and, and uh, <laughs> uh it, you know there's so there's that way of looking at it as well uh, and, and hopefully you know you, you'll talk to cliff stapleton who was you know been a, a mentor for me and, and a, a, a kind of hero mm-hmm. um, uh, who, who has explored that side of it there's you know, um, but as well, he, he's an immaculate player of French dance. Right. You know, so he takes all sorts, and, and um, you know, there, there doesn't need to be any rules about it. I don't think you know, as, as long as it's not hurting you physically. You know? Right, <laughs> that's a that is a wonderful uh, uh, way to look at it. <laughs> sorry. sorry if it was a rant. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> And that track, Woodhinge, you see, when I listened to it, for some reason, I thought that the melody track wasn't, I thought that was a more modern instrument. But you're saying the melody track on Woodhinge, that that was similar to the instrument that you were, you were showing us earlier, yeah, right? Yeah, it was. Um, so so the, um, the, 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 the original track was, was played with a, uh, an instrument made by Wolfgang Weichelbarmer. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, Wolfgang. <laughs> um, <laughs> at, um, uh, and then the, the, the sort of overlay was uh, basically the same type of instrument that you could have bought in 1880, but it had pickups inside. It was a modern instrument, uh, but, but a, a very traditional type of instrument going through a delay pedal into an amp. Uh, and uh, it, it, uh, it has that sort of floaty, singy, you know, uh, you know it, to me, it's like a bird floating above the the ground of the rhythm <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. to be a complete hippie. Uh, yeah. So I, I just, you know, I just do my plug. So that oh, was boy. from that album, which was, was the second, second album that was made using like nine hurdy-gurdies. And there is one track on there where you put all nine hurdy-gurdies together. Um, 
and, and it, it's kind of awesome actually <laughs> so we did, this, we did this kind of crazy experimental stuff and i should plug john who john is awesome he's a genius uh he he likes hurdy-gurdies you know I, it's probably the only place you could record hurdy-gurdies you know i probably stayed for like three weeks overall of uh you know <laughs> i think he was glad when i went <laughs> so, <laughs> but john's super cool because he's got instruments at his studio as well so i was able to borrow some of his instruments um so that's john loons at talking cat studios in rippenden in yorkshire so so we 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 made this album which was that was the first one gertie mania um i'll stop with the advert there um uh, and um what it was was that so going back to that thing of the the french session or the euro dance session and i would come and I'd, i'd come on turn up with these really quirky tunes that were like they were sort of like a Scottish or sort of like a waltz, but they were a bit not, you know, they're a bit quirky. And, and somebody said to me, Scott, when, when are you going to make a CD of all your stupid tunes? <laughs> so, so that became the Gertie Mania years later after sort of being, you know, pestered and, and asked for a tune book. And I was like, well, I can't read or write music. So, so we made the, the CDs instead. Right. Uh, and, and again, that, the, the way it kind of worked out was... Uh, I thought, oh, I could just go and record all my tunes in a weekend. And uh, it didn't work out like that. It was sort of over basically a period of almost a year, I think, for the first one. But each time I'd go back, we'd just do a track on a different instrument. So it almost became like a sampler of different instruments. Um, and if you go to my Facebook page, I've got a I've got a post which is called like the Gertie Spotter's Guide. And it, and it tells you all the different instruments, so like Sira or Vaishabama Bude. Uh, Tekaros by Vila Serenyi, uh, uh, this kind of thing. And, and you can, and this is what I was saying about the, um, how they all sound different. They're all, to me, uh, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I've been called the crazy cat lady of hurdy Gurdies in, in that I, I just love all the different hurdy Gurdies. And uh, yeah, sorry, I'm sounding crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think but it's, it, it, it's good to have a lot of hurdy Gurdies, I assume. <laughs> Well, yeah, I, I think this was just kind of, we were kind of doing like experimental stuff like like Tubular Bells or like Pink Floyd or something uh, with, with, the, with the sound palette of it could only be hurdy-gurdy. So, so there's nothing else on there. There's no, there's no singing. There's no percussion. You know, it's, you've got to be serious about hurdy-gurdy. Right. <laughs> um, but, but, um, but then the tunes are there too. So, so it's, it's, you know, it's kind of nice. Um, well, the, the first track, Woodhenge, I think if I played that for my fiance, I believe yeah. that she would like it and she would listen to it. Yeah. So yeah. I've, I've ordered, uh, you know, I've ordered your, your CDs and I haven't got them yet. But when yeah. I listen to the rest of it, will she like those too? I think so. Yeah. I, I think there's this, um, there's a lot of different approaches to it and, and some of it is quite minimalistic as well. Some of it is, um, I, I, I always kind of feel like I don't really sound like me until I'm running through an echo pedal or something, because then I can, you know, uh, pitch the music against itself or, or pace it against itself, that kind of thing. So, so I, I think, yeah, there's, 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 a uh, there's a lot of quite accessible stuff. Um, as well as some stuff where, you know, pe- people have literally put their fingers in the ears <laughs> just because it's so screechy or whatever. But, but then, you know, that's the, that is the gamut of hurdy-gurdy. And, and 
you know, I, and I, sometimes people do say to me, oh, I never thought a hurdy-gurdy could sound nice, you know. <laughs> when you do the, the mellow yeah, stuff. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I'm just rousing. Well, I don't know if I mentioned it yet in one of these podcasts, but the way I got into Hurdy Gurdy, you know, I played Irish music a lot. And every time I wanted to get one, all the members in the Irish group would say, don't get a Hurdy Gurdy. You can't keep them in tune. They sound terrible. They buzz all the time. So I think there is, I think there is a little bit of a stigma. <laughs> around it's not a stigma. We talked about it on the first uh, yeah. podcast, I think, right? Uh, Everybody oh, right. tells you that. Yes, everybody tells you that. Oh, hardy gardy. Ah, that instrument that, that sounds like a dying cat. Really? Do you play yes. that? No. Yeah. <laughs> it actually sounds very good. <laughs> well, Sergio, you know, uh, um, Scott was talking about pedals, right? Using a lot of pedals. Yes. Um, do you use a lot of pedals in the stuff that, that you do? Not yet. Not yet. But uh, I really want to experiment with, with them. I Once I, I tried this, uh, this electro harmonic, uh, electro harmonics it's called yeah. the, the mm -hmm. brand uh, mm -hmm. how it's called c9 scott do you know it? oh the you organ pedal i've got yes. one yes you have it i've got it yeah i, I love it you don't know it scott i i i've i heard about it on the radio once it's <laughs> <laughs> but i haven't tried it no it's no. amazing i tried i tried it once uh, with a uh, munier uh Gurdy. it sounded so 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 nice uh so I, I really want to experiment with uh, with that but now my, you know my my Gordy, which is also i have it here today did you get your elz yet uh, not yet oh. That's what I am uh, waiting for because yeah. this one I, I tried it with uh, with pedals and I did not really like how it sounds huh. uh, through pedals obviously mm -hmm. and uh, but I I suppose the the ELC will work mm -hmm. pretty nice with the, with the brand new pickups and uh, and so on so I, I will tell you once I have it yeah. and talking about the uh, ELC uh, which is more like a modern sound uh, can we talk about the modern uh, Kind of yeah. instrument. What do you yeah. want to show us? Yeah, well, I'll, so I'll show you the part two of the history of Hurdy Gurdy. <laughs> well, well, hold on, hold on, Scott. Hold on, Scott. Before you show us part two, let's yeah. take a quick break and listen to Steve Tyler's uh, track Chronophage. Sound all right? Yep. Amazing. All right. And this is from the album Enduring the Ephemeral. And there's a little bit more to it. What was it again? <laughs> I'm going to do an advert for Steve now. Y yes, go for it. There Sorry. it is. Here is his awesome CD. Uh, it's, it's just, you know, uh, amazing. And, and the, the, the subtitle is Hurdy Gurdy based multi track compositions for the end of time. So great, Excellent. great help. All right. So here comes a, a chronophage from Steve Tyler.
All right, so that was um, Chronophage by Steve Tyler from his album Enduring the Ephemeral. And we're back with Scott Marshall and Sergio Gonzalez. And now we're going to dive into the modern type of hurdy-gurdy. So what do you got for us, Scott? So, so this is, I guess, kind of my main instrument now, uh, which I actually bought from Johannes from Symbio. Uh, so I, I got the plane over to Sweden last year and uh, had a very lovely, quick you know, overnight trip back, you know, to Stockholm and back. And, and uh, that was kind of crazy. So, so um, uh, this is, uh, this was made by uh, Wolfgang Bajabama. Um, and so if we do the kind of same thing of, uh, of how it differs from the, you know, the, the, the old school Gertie, um, for, for starters, we've all, all the tuners now are mechanical. These are, banjo tuners i think they, they would fit them to banjos but they've been you know put on a pretty goody here um and uh as you can see well it's got more strings for starters um and uh, if i show you the back as well that's where all the strings feed in um so so on this one um it's got uh we go around the wheel kind of thing it's got three buzzing strings so three three dogs there uh, all different tunings, of course, um, and uh, they all have their own different kind of character, different tonality, like, uh, you know, the, the, the top one is kind of fizzy sounding, but it's a really, I really like it. Uh, the, the, uh, the bottom one is a G, and that's kind of uh, the most sort of medium sounding one. The one in the middle almost sounds like a tecaro. It's... Uh, um, uh, uh, and then on, on each of the strings, you've got capos as well. So none of this, like, oh, I want a different note. I've got to tune up. You just, you know, flick a switch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really useful. You know, you can, you can throw yourself into all these different modal, you know, things. Um, um, and then uh, if we open the, the lid. Um, so instead of the, the trad wooden tangents, which were on the Sam Palmer, uh, on this one, it, I don't know if you can see, but they're all little uh, metal. So they've got little brass feet, and then they've got uh, sort of steel pins uh, with uh, little rubber, I won't say, uh, little rubber caps on the top of them. Um, and, um, um, and, and the thing with these is that they can be adjusted sort of to tune the note, but also to tune the action. So you can go side to side and in and out. Mm-hmm. And as far as I know, that, that was an invention by Wolfgang. He came up that, with that one. It also means that you can put... Uh, I thought I thought invented that. Yeah, okay. All right, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Cut that. Bit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, with the metal tangents as well, it means that you can, in the same sort of space you can put more chanters. So this one's got three chanters. Uh, and and uh, again, the difference from Sam's instrument is that uh, the tuning is much lower. And, and I'll do you a little, do you a little tuning demo, but, you know, the strings. But this one goes down so that it's got a low C, which is a real sort of cello-ish sound. Uh, in the middle, it's got a, a, a G string, which is an octave below the traditional uh, G. Uh, and then it's got a, a, a high C, so I can do... Uh, tuning 
I can either tune these to D or C. The strings will take it. Um, mm -hmm. And I can do either octave tuning or basically do what I want with it. Um, and uh, the other thing is that the, this, the, the amount of keys is, whereas the previous instrument had two octaves, which again has done people for centuries, this has got two and a half. Uh, other modern instruments will maybe even have three octaves. But it's really cool. What I, what I found when I came to this instrument is because I kind of came from a, a background of like folk rock and things like uh, Steel Eye Span and uh, Fairport Convention, these, these kinds right. of things where on, on the normal hurdy-gurdy, I was like, yeah, but I need the other notes that are down below the nuts, you know, whereas with this, I can do it. I've got, the, I've got a bit more range. Um, and also I can pitch it where I want as well. Um, but uh, um, What's the scale length on that compared to the one you showed us earlier? So this is longer. So, so this, the, the other one is about a sort of 34 centimeter, which is, you know, fairly standard. Uh, this one is 42 centimeters. So four, 420 mil, which is longer. Um, but, but somehow I, I really don't feel it under my fingers. There's some girders that I've played with longer scales where my fingers have hurt afterwards. You know, it, it'd be like the difference between going, sorry, from going to a guitar to a bass maybe, but, mm -hmm. but uh, this has got a great key box on it. And, and the thing is, I think because it came from Johannes, who is, you know, he, he, it was really set up fast on the, on the, on the key box. It was really great. Um, uh, and so just to carry on with the kind of things of it, uh, it's, it's got three, three drone strings, bordons. The, the, the bottom drone is a low C. It sounds like a ship's foghorn or something. It's really, you know, it's cool. And then like with the pedals, we can whack that down another two octaves. It gets, it gets awesome. The, the, the palette of, of sounds from this one instrument becomes huge when you start adding in the, you know, the, the octavers and harmonizers and things like that. So, so um, again, this has got sympathetics, whereas the other instrument had uh, four sympathetics, which would have been tuned to maybe C and G. This has got like 12 um, and Johannes tuned them to different chords and I kind of just kept it at that. And it's just awesome. And um, on this machine, uh, I, I would say, have a look at Patty Gurdy's channel because she does like a, a, a walkthrough of her green Gurdy that is similar to this. Mm -hmm. And she has like, she shows all the different pickups that it has and everything. And, and some of this in the studio, we're just running out just the sympathetics on their own. Right, that sounds awesome. I love that. Yes, it's very cool. It, well, so I saw Patty's video and I thought, I want one of those. Yeah. <laughs> so, so when Johannes put this on Hurdy Gurdy Marketplace, I was just like, hello. <laughs> oh. and, and yeah, you know, so, so, so that, was, that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, the, the sympathetic thing is a beautiful sound. And then the, the other uh, innovation of, uh, of this hurdy-gurdy over the other is that uh, you can drop, drop the wheel. So, so you can tilt the wheel, which on this is, is a plastic, and, and, and now he's, he's doing a different kind of spoked wheel, uh, which, which is apparently amazing. Um, but uh, So if I take the wheel away... Mm -hmm. 
then I can do kind of percussive sounds with the with the with the melody strings. It just becomes like a tapping sound, mm -hmm. which is similar to what uh, Greg Jolivy does. You know, I mean, Greg's a master of it. Uh, which, with when Greg does it, he just kind of lifts the string up out of the notch and onto the bridge. Huh. You can do it that but but with this, you can you know sort of. Uh, yeah. change the pressure of the wheel on the string it, obviously when you're strapped in it's much easier but uh, i also so, saw uh, herman uh, herman df uh, using the the feature of the drop wheel to, yeah. to play with a violin bow for example yeah oh of course yeah yeah and and one awesome thing about this because i'm a big fan of herman ds you know I, I think top player in the world you know top top one for me top one. Yeah. and uh this was his knob so thank you oh really <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah it, it was one of his cast offs uh and and uh and johannes kept the original knob for this because for something and, and uh, he put herman's one on and i was like yes you know it's like <laughs> uh, it, it's like the the so spirit of those of those guys. Piece of the of the Hardy Gardy history. Oh, <laughs> exactly. Herman, yeah. Scott, yeah. Woo, all in one. Well, yeah. Axel Baumer also. Woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, um, and for, I mean, for me, the 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 what do you call it? The the really cool thing is that it's you know it's got the pickups. So mm -hmm. so each uh, each each string of the Hardy Gardy or each section has a pickup so there's a pickup for the dogs there's one for the chanter and there's one for the drones one for the sympathetics and then there's a microphone as well so uh um and then i stick on microphones as well for my stuff so i i, I stick in like a, a magnetic pickup because there's a sound that i like with that um so i'll, I'll put that down um but uh, uh, what's what's the volume like on that compared to oh, say yeah, the other so, instruments so interesting i, I mean it's pretty loud. I, I, I've taught workshops with it, um, it, it uh, and uh, I can sit and, you, I mean, the last workshop I did with this, I had 20 students around a room, and, uh, um, you know, it, it can't be heard over 20 hurdy-gurdies, but it, it's, it's, uh, it projects well. Um, right. but I would say in a session, uh, it might be lost because it's a very soft sound. And, and, and if I do you a little video clip, yeah. you'll hear that, oh, you know, it's, I mean, it's lush. It's, it's, it's like, You know, people who are listening to the podcast and who are just getting into the hurdy-gurdy, I mean, that is a big range of difference. I mean, it almost yeah. seems like those are two two different instruments. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know really what my question is, but if someone's just getting into it, um, how number one, how would they decide which way to go? And can you even really get close to uh, that the second instrument, the, the Wolfgang's instrument, without necessarily jumping into those kinds of price ranges. Is that yeah, even possible for people? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, I will talk about the Aplo, which is the, the you know, this kind of student gurney from Michalina Malitz, uh, which I think in a way almost, you know, falls between the two, but on a real budget. But I think, you know, when, when Sergio held his instrument up, you could see, well, 
it's similar looking to Sam Palmer's, but it's got a lot of the features of the Barsha Palmer. So it's it's a kind of middle ground. You know, he's he's got the uh, mechanical machine heads for tuning. He's got multi chanters in there. Um, he's got lots of different drones, capos and stuff. Um, so, so it, obviously, you know, it, it, there was, uh, there's no missing link. All those girdies are out there, the, the sort of uh, the in-betweeny stuff. And, and, of course, it's a constant um, uh, interplay of, of what makers come up with and what, um, what players would like, you know, because, you know, as players, we're all, always going, well, I like this, but I wish it did this or if only I could get the sound like this, but I can't, I can't do this because I'm getting feedback through my amp or something. So, so there's, there's kind of, you know, almost like an arms race between what the players want, what the makers make, what the makers make, what the players can do. It's, you know, it's, it's fascinating stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, if I show you this Aplo, um, yes, let's see which, that. I've been, see the Aplo. which I've been testing, it's, you know, it's the revolution of, of this year for sure. Well, it, it, it's, it's a cool thing. I, I mean, it's uh, a lot of people have been talking about this for as long as I know. Where can I get a Gertie that's affordable and stuff? Uh, whereas they've just gone and done it. So, you know, I, I, you, both you and I met Michalina last year and we tried her Saphona instrument, which in itself was like, well, here's, here's a great Gertie uh, for, for not a lot of money. Um, but anyway, so, so if, if I... I'll just show this thing, um, uh, and uh, um, I, you know, I, I was chatting to Michalino last year and said, "Oh, you know, it'd be great if you made something cheaper that for beginners, where they could just, you know, get something." And uh, uh, and she she came back, you know, about a month or so ago and said, "Oh, oh, look, we've made something. Would you have a go on it?" You know, so, so it arrived in the post, um, and uh, and here it is. So so it's uh, it's it's quite. You can see it's, it's quite a big instrument. It's, it's a similar sort of size to the tenor, mm-hmm. uh, which the Vaishabala one. Um, it's got the same scale length. Again, it's it's a forty-two centimeter um, string length. Um, it has the same all metal tangents inside, um, and it, it plays very well. It, it, I think they're almost making like the, you know, the Ford motor car of 30 years. You know, it's any color you want as long as it's black. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and, it, and it's, it, you know, it's a standard thing. It's, you know, there's no customization. I think if you want to customize it, you know, you could put stickers on it or whatever. Um, but um, I... I what's, uh, the, what's the wheel made out of? Is that wood? The, the wheel is MDF. Um, but it, okay. it's, it really works. It, it's, it holds the rosin very well. Uh, and, and I would say I would, you know, have, I don't have any issues with it, basically. It, it it's, uh, it's, just takes the rosin, works. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's true. Um, and uh, it's, it's got that modern sound, you know, in a, in, in a not very expensive package. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've done some, like, test videos of it, uh, which are on my, YouTube channel, uh, which you know maybe you could link. That would be that would be cool. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, but um, 
I don't know. I don't want to go on about it. And I don't want to sound like an advert for it because I'm, <laughs> I just said, I'll, I'll try it out and I'll tell you what I think. And uh, I had a couple of suggestions of what they might change and, and they changed them immediately, you know, uh, which were just minor things. And, and I think the thing is that, you know, uh, Michalina is a hell of a player herself and you, you can tell it when you play it. You can feel it in the keys and everything. It's, uh, and it looks like this is the body deeper is the body deeper than the other instruments or is that just a trick of the eye it looks like it's wider it's uh it's maybe a bit wider yeah yeah mm -hmm. it, it looks think, big it looks very big to me yeah yeah um i mean is it com well, comfortable to play though yeah no it's fine yeah I, I think uh i think for the money and and you know i've been thinking about this over the last few weeks or whatever thinking well it's it's totally cool for those kids who want to be um you know youtuber gurdiists bedroom gurdiists it, it uh um it totally does that sound um and and frankly I, i've been doing different string changes on it and i think well you you could kind of bedroom record an album with it you know it's mm -hmm. that sort of thing um so uh it's it's an interesting update anyway on the on this never-ending you know where can i get a cheap pretty good type thing and um we get that there really <laughs> yeah and, and and i think you know that the, their approach is that they're not going to do a waiting list or you know basically they're going to make a batch of 10 every month the next batch is the end of august this month um and um you just add to cart buy it you know um mm -hmm. I think that uh, uh, there's other instruments in that kind of price range where we've got some reservations and stuff, and whereas this kind of feels like, well, mm. it's good enough. It does the job, uh, and and because you've got five strings, you you can do different. Uh, you've got different tonalities with it anyway. You know, it's not just like, hey, it does this one sound. You know, which which this that's, kind of three three strings that's do. That's interesting. That's very interesting because. Um, we normally recommended the three strings uh, girdies, but you are limited somehow, right? If you if you compare the the experience of playing a three strings instrument with a with a six strings instrument, it's it's a, it's a lot of of a difference, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. because you're either you know uh, you're either stuck against that drone which is like halfway up your key box, or you've got the drone which is the same as your open string. You know, exactly. you, you have to make that choice with a three string, really, you know, or um, whereas more strings, you can you can have both, you know, um, so I don't do you, I hope that sound like an advert because. <laughs> well, that's all right. If it's, a, if it's a good instrument, we need to know about it. <laughs> so that's why we're doing yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but a quick question. So that's it's got two chanters, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm assuming those are tuned in unison. Is that no, no. So, so it's it's supplied. Uh, it's got a a low G. Uh -huh. uh, it's got a a normal D or C. You can tune it C or D, and you can tune the drone to D or C to go with okay. it. So, so it's got that. Um, but again, if, if you look at my channel, I did lots of different swapping strings and stuff. So I tried a, a low low C to, mm -hmm. to do really, you know, modern. Barshabama type thing, um, but I, I actually found I, I think the way it's supplied is great if you're learning 
how to play if you're learning mm-hmm. from records because it, it gives you that ability to play a lot of stuff uh say in other in other like metal stuff or or you know other folk stuff that that isn't specifically hurdy-gurdy music mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so it's a good s- supply tuning but i i personally found it that when i put it in an octave tuning and i had a low g and a high g chanters suddenly you could close your eyes and it's just like yeah no that's a modern hurdy-gurdy that's mm-hmm. you know good as anything and, and that, that's something i sent you some videos to nine sergio and, and you yes. basically thought the same it's like close your eyes and it's it's fine you, you know not that it's ugly to look at or anything i don't mean like that it's just like <laughs> it, in, a, in a blind test you know yeah. you'd be like no um, that's, but, that's uh, what i exactly what i told you right scott like uh, if you close your eyes you wouldn't you wouldn't tell it's uh, a thousand euros yeah. no no <laughs> and and also i think my uh, my thing about that was that this definitely would be heard in a workshop. You could definitely attend a workshop with this um, or basically be in a band, you know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, that, that it, would, it would kind of do that. And uh, I mean, the next thing I'm going to do is, is try sticking on some pickups. Um, and I think that, you know, it's, it's early days for Michelina and stuff on this model. Uh, it's just a prototype anyway, this, this version. Um, and they, I think they might supply it with a, pick up on it later or something i, I don't know, you know I, mm-hmm. I mean I, mm-hmm. um but, well, it sounds like a good uh, a good option for uh being able to play modern as well as uh i guess more traditional tunes too yeah yeah good yeah i think so um and and one thing is it, it's i it's got this longer scale and, and what i find with the longer scale is that you're less likely to hit the wrong note because uh-huh. Although it's the, the keys are bigger, also right. It's it's although it's you, when you come to a soprano gurdy afterwards, you know soprano yeah. like like the very first instrument I I showed, uh, your fingers are it, it's it's almost like a violin scale length. So so you know uh, th- this is longer, um, but the, the the two kind of cool uh, things with that, although you've got to stretch a bit more, uh, is less likely to hit the wrong note. Also, it's a hell of a lot easier for the builder to get it in tune right at the top. So, so it does play, it's hitting the notes right up the top end. I mean, I'm not much of a top end player, as mm-hmm. most people will tell you. I'm always like pretty lazy down here. But, uh, you know, uh, it does do that stuff, uh, which, which, of course, is what you need for doing this kind of metal type girly stuff, I guess. Right. Right. Well, Sergio, do you have any other uh, questions or thoughts for Scott about this whole evolution of the Gertie? I think it's pretty, pretty clear. Everything, yeah. right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess maybe to, to, to finish out our, our time together, you know, we did talk a little bit about uh, your album, uh, Gertie Mania. Um, so I'd like to maybe go in a little bit more about that. But uh, also you said that Gertie Mania, it's a medical condition. No, I was really joking about that, you know. I mean, <laughs> but but the thing is that I think a lot of you know a lot of Gurdy fans will tell you that that if you if you get into it suddenly it's all you're ever thinking about, you know. And uh, um, <laughs> your network of friends starts starts to become just Gurdy Gurdy players. So you can <laughs> you can talk about. Ooh, have you tried this kind of string? It's really good. <laughs> you know, it's, 
Why do you think that is, though? Because I found that to be true. I mean, as soon as you start playing it, it's like you can spend hours, hours, and then next thing you know, like I never did that with my mandolins. I never sat there for, you know, but the hurdy-gurdy, for some reason, it just draws you right in. Yeah, it's just something really narcotic about it. It, it, it. It's it's that kind of thing that people get when they play uh, computer games or something that it's, it's kind of, you're always doing something. You're always kind of like tweaking the main stance, learning, you know, because half of the playing is tuning. Half of it is, is understanding. Out of tune. <laughs> well, how, how to get the, how to get the instrument to sound nice, you know, yeah, because right. I, I mean, I, I could play any of these girders and make them sound horrible just by turning something a little bit or, you know, uh, and, and conversely, it can go from sounding horrible to like, you just pull the cotton a little bit and suddenly, oof, that's nice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a, a, a student here a couple of weeks ago. Um, he was really having trouble with his intonation. And he was like, oh, it's, you know, uh, and this was on a fantastic instrument. Mm-hmm. And it was like, let's change the cotton. I changed the cotton. Yeah. There you go. And he could hear it immediately. It was... Mm-hmm. Uh, suddenly the, the the whole top end of the gurdy was sweet as a nut um and um and the the tonality of of the melody string as well it went from kind of oh what, what's wrong to oh no it's it's beautiful it's it's like a beautiful violin or something uh, and right. uh, and 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 it can be the difference between putting you know like that much cotton on and that much cotton on it, it, it's but it's something you get a feel for as you go along and uh i you know i mean again this is all like almost cork sniffing stuff because you can still play the instrument if it's you know, but but uh but i i do think that it, it it's an instrument that demands your attention and, mm-hmm. and I, did, I did have a friend who said you know it's Typical of you, Scott. You you pick the most codependent instrument you could ever find. <laughs> so needy, you know? it, just, it just takes up all your time um, to, just to make it work. You know, because yeah. you don't have that with a guitar. You get out of the case. You might have to go, and then and then you go. You're good to go. Um, and uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I do find with uh, with the well-made hurdy gurdies, they will hold their tuning and stuff like this they're, they're good but uh you know it's it's a lot of things and you and and you grow as as a player and uh, as a as a as a maintenance guy you know as as your own roadie or whatever mm-hmm. uh, but but i i think the thing is it's such a it's such a niche and it's almost like a cult you know that that's and and the thing is that uh i i know we all kind of struggle to communicate a bit on social media and you know, right. I, I might say, hey, Sergio, and Sergio's like, why is he saying that to me? <laughs> 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 or something. You know, we, right. we all get the wrong end of the stick. But, but I think that it's, in the real world, you'll find that, that players are, are you know, pretty evangelical about helping mm-hmm. each other because we all know it, it can be the difference between continuing with it or just going, no. Nah. Right. No, you know, like like your friends at the session said, uh, why do you want to get one of those? They're awful. Right. <laughs> and that's the reputation. Uh, and um, um, I'm sorry, I'm really yattering on about this. But, <laughs> yeah. people, people people want to hear what you have to say. That's why we're that's why we're doing this. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I mean, that's the great thing about the hurdy-gurdy community is uh, I didn't, I did not know about the hurdy-gurdy community when I first got into it. Uh, and after I learned from the hurdy-gurdy community, many things it just the amount of help that was there, even just over the internet allowed me to kind of, like you said, learn how to tweak the cotton. I was, I was layering the cotton on, I was just making like a little caterpillar on my string. And, you know, Neil Brooks said, less is more, just put barely enough on there. And I put just barely enough on there. And all of a sudden that string just turned into like almost singing like a violin. So the community itself is very helpful. So <laughs> it's good. To and again, you know, uh, Neil is a, fantastic maker and, and and i started with neil i i lived in the next town to neil and uh, uh i i looked on the library computer and found oh hurdy-gurdy and uh went on the bus to see neil um he emptied my bank account <laughs> <laughs> and uh but you know i never looked back i just just felt like this is fascinating it's a fascinating instrument uh, yeah. and uh, it, you you yeah it, so, it, so did you start on a Wren or one of his uh, one of those no models? no so th this was in the olden days when um, it, it was all kind of sort of historical recreations so okay. he had like a price structure and uh, it started with a, a Bosch so so there was the you know the Hieronymus Bosch type you know, mm -hmm. thing which that's what I went and I wanted to buy one of those mm -hmm. uh, but um, uh, you know he, he convinced me to go a bit for, for the um, for the loop back because it had pickups and I was in a band at the time and he was like, you know, I think, you know, this is what you want. But I was very lucky in that when I went to visit him, uh, he was just getting ready to go to France to exhibit. And so he had a, basically a version of each instrument. So mm -hmm. it was an absolute, I, I was just, he walked me through all the different types of girdies and, and, and it was super cool, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, but again, now it's like, well, you know, he started making the Wren, um, and, and he doesn't make the, um, well, I mean, he stopped now, but, but uh, things, things moved away from, I, I think the instrument just became more and more popular widely, um, and it became less of a thing where somebody was in some Tudor outfit saying, I need something that dates to 1582. Um, right. <laughs> um, that, that, that was the criteria that it, that it appeared to be historically correct for the, for the reenactment or the period music they were doing, which is, you know, great. Or they wanted something to play for French dance, you know, mm -hmm. so a little back. Uh, but the things, you know, and, and Neil himself has been a, a, a primary innovator of, of the instrument um, with, uh, I, I mean, he's, you know, a whiz with the pickups and, and stuff mm -hmm. like this. Things like the little, you know, little buttons to bring the chances in and out or, right. the, you know, all these inventions basically he's the guy's an inventor and mm -hmm. and, and, and i was just very fortunate to, to happen to be in, in the next town to him and then you know he he gave me some pointers and, and taught me a bit to start with and uh, um you know i i still need to work on my playing i know <laughs> <laughs> well speaking speaking of your playing you know we, we almost started chatting a little bit uh uh through a social media site uh when i was talking about woodhinge and um uh you mentioned that this was kind of part in within the album part of kind of like a whole landscape or a whole like it all goes together and i said i miss albums like that so yeah. how did you how did you put uh how did you put gertie mania together uh, well, as I said, with the first album, the Gertie Mania one, uh, that was like, you know, uh, 
I, I just had made up all these tunes over the years. And so that was more like a collection of the tunes. But we did, you know, overdub them and stuff to, to make it a more textural thing. And I mean, there's some pieces in Gurdy Mania 1 where I, I just sit and just think, I know it's me playing, but it, it doesn't, doesn't feel like me. You know, when you make it and then you hear it back, it's like, oh, you made a thing and it has its own life or something. Mm -hmm. And there's sections in that where I just think, oh, it's just awesome. This is just like amazing choral music or something because we're, we're throwing all these um, notes together in, in, in this, uh, yeah, soundscape of, uh, of Gurdy sound. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> uh, but with, with the second one, with the one that Woodhenge was on, um, uh, it, it was it was more of a concept album. So I got all my kind of tunes out of my system, uh, and, and with that, it was about uh, the stuff that I play when I just plug into an amp. I kind of almost switch my brain off uh, and just start um, experimenting. And, and uh, it will be like if I plug into a delay pedal or a looper um or a tape echo machine awesome um or you know just some kind of uh, guitar effects pedal that's got harmonizers on and uh foot pedals that you can you know modulate things like ring modulators or all this kind of crazy stuff uh whammy pedals to um uh, uh this thing so i'm gonna hear a whammy pedal in there oh yeah totally yeah, oh, yeah. all right but not, but, but not in the kind of guitar way that you would use it. it it would be uh i i used it just to to drop the uh my already low c chanter to drop it down two octaves and then it's i mean it sounds i mean i'm a big black sabbath fan <laughs> that's great and, and it's um, and to me, it's like, it just sounds like Geezer Butler's bass. So, and, so it's, how do you, how you, how do you deal with the bleeding on the, on the chanters when using the, the octavers and so on? Oh, this is with a magnetic pickup. Ah, you use the magnetic, so, of course. Yeah. Well, actually I think for that, because it's the C is not magnetic. So no, I didn't, but, but say, so you know, my tracks. So like on Red Dawn, mm -hmm. that, that is through a, a kind of rhythm gate. Uh, it, it's uh, through a magnetic pickup from the G, the G string. Uh, whereas uh, there's other stuff on Gurney Mania 2 where it's the low C string uh, through a piezo and, and into a whammy pedal. The whammy pedal seems to handle it. This is a Digitech a DT it, because it's polyphonic. It will, it will cope with it. Um, so, so you can really. So, so to go back to the question about Gurney Mania 2, it was, I think I had maybe, I don't know, kind of two or three tunes or something, you know, proper old, you know, not proper, but tune ideas. Um, but, but a lot of it was like, oh, John, I've got this idea. It's just like this. I can't tell you, I can't play it until I plug into the echo pedal and then we do it and it's, it tricks itself. It's sort of, it's, it's all sort of uh, folds over itself. Um, and then, but then when you listen to it, uh, I, I was listening to one track the other day, uh, which is called Midnight Garden. And, and it's kind of against a click, um, but then the echo is slightly off with the click. Um, and it's got this pattern that plays over itself. 
and when you listen to it it's like being hypnotized it, it just takes you away so so it's not Gertie music per se it's just using the instrument like you would with a synthesizer or something and, and uh, you know what one of my friends jimmy hellinger who he's come to Gertie from synthesizers um and he's all up for that you know like uh, let's let's use the effects and um it, it uh, anyway yeah it's it i i would say with Gertie mania too it, it's it's a bit more experimental but but somehow the whole thing works almost as a a journey and, and this is what a lot of people have said to me when they have listened to the albums that it, it just transports them away somewhere uh, mm -hmm. and, that's, and that's true and uh, but uh, it, it's something uh, that that my friend John who recorded it you know we, we're both kind of like uh, into things like Jethro Tull and, and um, those old kind of prog albums and stuff mm -hmm. where it's like yes and it's like you know gatefold for four vinyls or whatever and right. and and we just thought well basically now there's there's no money in music so you just do what you want you know and you just feel like well i'm making this thing and and uh um uh we just go with it but but uh the, there's a definite sort of progression through the record of uh, of feelings i guess you know like like an emotional journey with it and stuff but uh, this sounds awful i don't know i just sit and play hurdy gurdy <laughs> and, and, and john presses record and goes uh, and then we have a cup of tea and watch star trek yeah, right. <laughs> well i'm looking forward to it <laughs> i mean i did i posted it like whenever two weeks ago or whatever so i'm sorry it's taken so long well, quick, it's okay. Quick question, um, uh, because uh, I know when I was trying to trying to get it, I, I contacted you. Um, yep. How can people find find your album? Is, is there an easy um, way to get it, or do they have to go through you? Yeah, I, I'm not very good on the internet, as as you know. I, I basically I, the, the the way to order the CD from me is just go to my Facebook page, which is Scott Marshall Hurdy Gurdy. If you want to find me. You know, it's like I do what it says on the tin, you know, Scott Marshall, Hurdy Gurdy. Okay. Uh, and you'll you'll find the YouTube, but but to actually send me a message, go go to my page on Facebook, um, you know, or, or find me on the group or whatever. Um, but then sometimes, you know, uh, it's best to uh, contact me through the page because then I get a little notification that I usually notice. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, okay. yeah, but yeah, I, at, at the moment, there's just... Um, just physical CDs and I, I post them out, but they, they've literally gone all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and, uh, um, yeah. And, and I'm working on the, the third album now. It's the, the sort of final part of the trilogy of the, of the record. So, and, and then I'm going to stop and do something proper. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, it's, it's, there's 10 tracks down so far. Wow. It's pretty it's pretty awesome, and and we've we've given it the uh, the working title of "Sympathetics for the Devil" because it's got, <laughs> it's got so so much of this you know sympathetic strings through the magnetic pickups. And, right, just a joke, but it, but it's it's another kind of concept album, but it's it's kind of like uh, the the feel of it is this kind of folk horror thing crossed with sci-fi. So you know. Uh, uh, when I was a kid, I was a big Doctor Who fan, and, and it's it's got that kind of feel and, and those kind of sounds and stuff as well. So, so you, know. you know, listening to you talk, what I find fascinating is, uh, uh, you know, you are 
you are you've been playing hurdy gurdy a while. Sergio's been playing hurdy gurdy a while. I'm I'm pretty much brand new at it, but still, when I get out my multi track recorder and I just like lay down a few interesting parts, even though they're not that good, I I, I I'm just relating to what you how you're coming across. I just sit back and I go, that is amazing, and it, yeah. it's not. It's not because I'm thinking to myself, I am an awesome hardy gurdy player. It's just because somehow that goes together. So, I mean, do you do, you do that too, Sergio, or, or is this just... <laughs> 100% yes. It feels the same here. And I'm not a great composer, so... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like the hurdy gurdy has this capacity to just somehow, you just layer a few things on it, and it is this magical whole other world. <laughs> I, I think... That's the, it inherently sounds awesome. I remember when I used to gig it in the bands and stuff, and we'd sound check and you'd just be turning the handle and it'd just be just drones going through a PA. Right. And people would be just like, because oh, right. so they, they never heard anything like it before. You don't hear it in normal life. You don't right. hear that all-encompassing soup of drone. <laughs> you know, uh, And it's a bit like when people go to uh, metal concerts or something and they say, you know, I feel it. You can mm-hmm. feel the bass in your chest and stuff. I think it's, it's something like that that's... Uh, you know, it's a, it's a special, special instrument. Well, it was, it was, it was banned at one point because they thought that you were putting spells on people with it. If I recall, I remember reading that somewhere and I thought, well, I can see that. <laughs> yeah. we're, we're just, we're totally doing that, you know, yeah. all the time. <laughs> en- yeah. enchanting people to, right. to our will. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, good. Well, that'll, that'll bring us close to our time. Do you have any other comments or thoughts for uh, Scott, Sergio, before we wrap it up today? I think it's time to have a look on Symbio, right? Okay, yes, yes. So we will be playing uh, a track from Symbio, and this was written by the French hurdy-gurdy player. Gilles Chabonat. There it is, yeah. So it was written by him, uh, but this is played by Symbio. And if I got it right in our little break, uh, Scott, you said this was actually played on the Gertie you have? Is that right? Uh, if, if, it's, uh, if it's Johannes, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, so I, I bought his old hurdy-gurdy. I've got his hand-me-down hurdy-gurdy. You know, I, I, <laughs> I survive off, you know, other people's leavings. <laughs> <laughs> well, this ties, this ties the whole podcast together. So let's hear from Symbio. And uh, thank you so much for being here, Scott and Sergio. I love you both. And it's it been a wonderful nice conversation. To, to have you here, Scott. Thank you. Okay, cool. Yeah. Thank you. 